Strong Enough merch is now available. Go to strongenoughpod.com and check out all the stuff that you can get so that you'll have those daily reminders that you are strong enough and you are worth it. Welcome to the Strong Enough Podcast, where we talk about the challenges and celebrate the triumphs of people just like you. I'm your host, Claudia. Today's guest is going to talk about why she decided to ditch traditional therapy techniques and start working with clients in new and different ways that help empower, get rid of symptoms, and heal. Please help me welcome Rachel McLeod. Rachel, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. And I do want to point out that your smile is amazing for those of you who are listening and not watching. Rachel is just radiant and I love that. So I'm excited about our conversation today. Me too. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we start with you telling the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I am a mental health therapist and emotional wellness coach. And I really help people do the brain work for resolving symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress. Um, I like to get help the brain get rid of them, and brains are fantastic at this. Um, I do not give advice um, or uh, counseling. I um, That's not my field of expertise, and I could probably set someone's life on fire, a dumpster fire, right? So I'm not trying to do that, but I want to make sure people's brain is are working well and are helping them thrive, and that the symptoms, any symptoms of anxiety, depression, or traumatic stress that they're experiencing, that their brain can, is resolving them and has resolved them. So that's really what I do. I have five kids. Um, We homeschool, and and I came into this business um, of helping brains heal uh, by having my own mental health crises and um, disorders. And so I have definitely done some very intense mental illness time and, um, and have just was kind of lucky enough to luck up on some alternative interventions because I was a therapist before. Um, I was, I was doing talk therapy and I became very angry with the entire field because I didn't feel like it was getting results and I didn't feel like, I felt like I'm doing everything I learned. I spent all this money on this degree and it's crap. Um, and so I was not going back to talk therapy to therapists. I don't know if I would have healed if I would not have been introduced to some alternative healing methods that were very different than talk therapy and worked instantly. Um, and so that's, so I, I got a hold, somebody gave me some, um, the training set for emotional freedom techniques. And so, which is an emotional acupressure interventions. You literally tap on your body, which is not talk therapy. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's weird. I like weird. And so I, I would, took, the, took the trainings online and I was laying in bed that night and I was having racing thoughts and insomnia. And I was like, I need to, I can't get to sleep. I need to go to sleep right now. Otherwise I'm not going to get to sleep. And I thought, well, why don't I try that thing I just learned? Let's see what happens have nothing to lose mm-hmm. except for several more hours of weakness. And um, so I find the points on my body and I start tapping. It takes me about 30 seconds. I yawn. I start tapping again for a second round and I fall asleep. The next thing I know, I wake up the next morning and I was like, holy cow, I slept. Uh, and I was like, what else can I try this on? And I ended up just started to work through my symptoms of obsessive compulsive disorder and just started getting rid of 
getting watching symptoms just disappear. And so that's really um, was my journey here. And I just started, I was so confused during that time in my life. I was so codependent, so miserable. And it was just like, I just, this tool helped me set my life back on track. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no skills. I was just do the thing. Right. And, and so, and I really thought the thing that emotional freedom techniques was like the thing, like the best thing ever and everyone needed to do this. Mm -hmm. But then I go and I, I learned some other interventions and they get the same kind of results, different pathways, different process, same results. So I'm like, Hmm. And then I learn more about interpersonal neurobiology and how the brain works and realize that the brain actually has its own process for resolving disorders and resolving symptoms, getting rid of them. And that these interventions really help the brain right where it needs it. Mm-hmm. And so that the brain can actually complete its process instead of going into loops of not resolving the symptoms for possibly even decades or a whole lifetime. And it's like a little bit of these interventions, a little bit of helping the brain process these symptoms can is like resolving decades worth of stuff to never be seen again. Mm-hmm. And that is really something I could sign up for. <laughs> and so that's why I showed back mm-hmm. up. And I was like, if, at that time, I, I didn't know if it worked for anybody else's brain. I thought mm-hmm. it was just mine when I first got my first intervention, but um, I saw that it did, you know? And so that, I was like, this is a real thing. And if I ever go back, this is what I'm going to do. And talk therapy is a real thing. There are fantastic humans out there that do that. I have since gotten over my anger towards the whole field. <laughs> That was just about me not being in my spot where I'm supposed to be. Right. It was not a good fit for me. I am not a talk <laughs> therapist. So um, that's so that's really uh, a bit about me and what I do and how I got here. You mentioned a lot of things that I want to dig into. And firstly, I'm going to say you won me over at something that can help me go to sleep because I am that person that takes Z-Quil or Tylenol PM or a shot of whiskey or like everything that's out there I try it and it doesn't really work but maybe sometimes it kind of works so you won me over right there so we're gonna have to get into that Um, what I want to ask you first though is has it been difficult for you to convince people to work with you or to try these methods who have had a bad experience with talk therapy or other types of therapy and are just a little bit leery to jump in to something different? You know, I don't. I don't get a lot of pushback. Um, When I first started and I start explaining this to people, I did a little bit more. I was just nervous. I was just really nervous. I didn't want to be that therapist that's as woo-woo as I am, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm trying not to come out of the closet over here with my, you know, so I'm kind of like, how far can I take you here and mm-hmm. get you to try some of these new things? But now I just really, I don't even go into it a whole lot. I say, let's let's play with some interventions and see what happens. So we'll take something that's really stressful for them in their life. Maybe it's a recent um, conflict or recent argument they've had or um, something that's coming like they need to fill out applications or mm-hmm. you know um, and 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 whatever will just stress them that's what we'll focus on and we'll start I'll start having them use an intervention and just see if something shifts um, when um, the brain is able to complete its process with stressors we'll notice the 
um, intensity of the stress releasing from the body, we'll see more rational thinking, like the thoughts turn from emotional thinking to more logical thinking. Mm -hmm. And then we'll also start to see solutions and they may even be crappy solutions, but we know we're working from the information it's getting mm -hmm. to the right part of the brain. And so that's the, the part of the brain that creates solutions. And so um, I'll have them do a before, how intense is it when you think about this issue? And mm -hmm. um, they'll maybe they'll pick out an eight or, or a five and mm -hmm. then we'll use an intervention and then have them tune back in because they work that quickly that we can tell right away if this mm -hmm. is something that supports their brain's process. And so um, if it comes down when it 95 percent of the time it does and then they're like, that's kind of crazy. I can think about this without that that tension in my chest or that mm -hmm. feeling of anxiety overloading me is this magic? That's, they say that a lot. And I'm like, no, this is, this is healthy brain function. This is your brain doing what your brain can do. And it's really this fast. We are working with electrical processes, these emotions stuff. So it's fast. It's like electricity fast. And so by that point, they're like, okay, let's go. Take me, let's take me to your leader, <laughs> whatever, you know, and they're usually sold within the first 20 minutes of our conversation. And um, if your brain can do one of these things and it can do the next. And I have a, a process where mm -hmm. I walk people through basically a recipe for resolving um, disorders. Mm -hmm. And we just resolve symptom after symptom after symptom, but I also teach them the skills and the strategies. And so that they're working on with their own brain outside of sessions so that their limit, their, their healing isn't limited to just when we're, we're together. Mm -hmm. And then also when we're finished, they can go and they can keep doing the work. If anything shows up, their brain needs help, they're skilled to do it. So, um, so I think that it's my, the fact that I'm not trying to reason with people, like the proof is in the pudding and I'm mm -hmm. all about results. If this isn't going to get you results, I'm going to tell you, this isn't working. Let's try another intervention. And I'm trained in tons Mm -hmm. because I want to find that right match. So I don't see a lot of, and, and I get a lot of people that just want to heal. They're, mm -hmm. they're not, they don't want to talk about it anymore. They don't want to, you know, and so, and then I get some people that are just lucked up and found this first and mm -hmm. they're like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Tell me what to do. And off we are, you know, the magic so, happens. Yeah. So I have done something similar to what you're speaking of uh, in the form of EMDR therapy, mm -hmm. um, which I have found to be very successful for me. I talked about it recently on an episode and some like really crazy um, realizations that I had uh, yes. during the EMDR and the path that my brain took me on that in the moment made zero sense until we got to the end and I was like are you kidding me like that was amazing so I completely I have so much respect for what you do what I want to ask you is I know that a lot of people you know feel like they go through talk therapy or other traditional therapy and and they're doing it for years and they're filling out their journal or whatever it is you know their therapist tells them to do for homework and they're just not getting any better and they're just still suffering from the symptoms. Why is that? Why do so many people have that block with traditional therapy? Yeah, well, it's because um, it's not really working with the brain's natural healing process. Uh, there is There are some aspects of talk therapy that really do are a good match, but it's so small 
that I would, I personally, Rachel, you know, I'm totally biased, would not waste my time with small efforts like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, what happens is talk therapy is really working with your prefrontal cortex, your reasoning center, your logic center, um, your problem solving center, all that stuff. That is not where this problem is with anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress. That part of the brain really is functioning the best that it can while the rest of the process is not functioning. And mm-hmm. so it's up there like, I'm ready to make solutions, but it's only getting some of the information. It's not getting enough to create great solutions for us or to stop the symptoms we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so what's, what happens is, is that all the emotion that we have that is positive, that we think is positive, it really moves through our, our brain's healing process or upgrading and understanding process easily. Mm-hmm. It just flows right through. It's good. We get, we're like, we're loving that stuff. All the information that is moving through our system that registers as pain really has a tough time getting through because the survival system's entire job is to keep us away from pain and get us out of pain. Mm-hmm. And so here we have all this negative emotion surfacing or painful emotion. And the brain doesn't know a difference between physical pain and emotional pain, like social pain and, and those types of things. And so rejection, abandonment, blame, um, it's the, it's processed in the same part of the brain that processes being stabbed in the gut. Right. So it's our survival system is trying to make sure we don't get stabbed in the gut and, or run into negative emotion that causes that same kind of pain. So here we have all this information surfacing that the body and, and subconscious mind are sending, Uh, It might be old things that have happened. It might be fears. It might be shame. Who knows what it is? And because it's registering as pain in the, in the system, the survival system's jumping in, blocking it and sending it back out. And so it just keeps building and building and it keeps getting shoved into our body and stored in our body until the next time that it's activated. And then the body says, Ooh, let me tell, let me send all that information we tried to send last time. And it keeps getting blocked out. And so it's, its job is to get it to the front of the brain where problems are solved because the body, the subconscious mind, the survival system, they're not logical centers. They're not centers of understanding. They're not problem-solving centers. And so they're trying to get this information to the, they, they're, they're trying to get this information to the part of the brain that is mm-hmm. a problem-solving part of the brain and an understanding and reasoning and logic. And so, um, but the survival system doesn't let it. So the problem here really is about, can we get this stuff through the survival system? Can we let the rest of the body send this painful information to the part of the brain that can resolve the pain, make solutions and prevent the pain from repeating in the future? You know, and so these other interventions like EMDR, like you talked about, emotional freedom techniques, thought field therapy, and energy medicine, those are my four favorite. And that's mm-hmm. one of those ones I teach people to use. Um, these interventions are in the native language of the survival system, which is the body. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the survival system's job is to keep the body alive. It doesn't care what we think. It's not a logic or reasoning center. It doesn't care what we say. It doesn't care what we know. Um, it's like, it wants to know, is the body safe or are we in danger? And if the body's sending up signals of pain, it, we're dang, it's danger. And so off this goes. But while we are sending, while the body is sending those signals of pain, we can be tapping on specific points, moving our eyes. And, and these, these are natural ways the body's already healing itself. We're just doing it manually. We're like, hey, I'm going to help you do this. And so we're also sending signals to that part of the brain, the survival system to get it to relax, 
let this healing happen, stop blocking this, unblock this process and let this process complete. And once that process completes, all this new information reaches to the front of the brain where understanding is made, which is why we have all these epiphanies and these insights and mm -hmm. this understanding. And then, then new solutions start generating. And then pretty soon the brain will have enough of all the information to make some really great solutions for it. And it's like, oh, you know, that's obvious or, oh, I never thought of that before, you know, and that's, that's what our brain is supposed to be doing for us everywhere all the time. And so if there's areas in our life where we're, we're not, it's just not good, right? Or we keep doing the same pattern over and over again, it's because your brain cannot make a new way of being for you because it's not getting all the information that is stored in your body somewhere. And what's really cool about the brain is it will always tell you which information it is. So you don't have to like wonder what it's mm -hmm. going to be. You just listen. It's almost as easy as asking and listening, but there are some more strategies to that. But, um, but it's really, really, it's life changing almost instantly. Like you're talking about like a 40 minute session, mm -hmm. you can walk out of that and never have another panic attack again. You can walk out of that and not have insomnia again if you get the right root issue resolved, right? Each one of our symptoms has a root somewhere. The symptom is the, is the cause, is the effect of mm -hmm. what, whatever's at the root, the root cause problem. And if we can find the root cause problem, which we can, then we resolve that, that the symptoms, all the symptoms that come from it. And that's really the fun spot. And that's why, that's why we can really resolve these disorders in two to six months is because we can really find those root issues and get them processed already, help the brain complete the process with them. And the next thing you know, these same, that this process of resolving symptoms is the same process our brain is using for our growth and for our wellness and from our, for our next levels of expansion, our maturity. Like, you know, there's areas where we're just not very mature. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a reason for that, right? That stuff needs to get through. It needs to keep going through and being reprocessed so the brain can make that maturity for us. But really, um, anyway, so this, this process, um, these interventions really help with that process. And it, so when we're in talk therapy and we're talking with the front of the brain, that part of the brain cannot solve this problem because it really can't get access to the information it needs. And that's why we stay stuck. We can understand why mm -hmm. and we can have some level of understanding, but we can't create the change because the whole body, mind, energy system has to work together to do this. And when the survival system is shutting that down and overriding us, which it can because survival mm -hmm. is our priority, then it just doesn't work. And we'll hold those symptoms until they're resolved or the rest of our life. How difficult is it to find that root cause? Because I know sometimes, you know, you can have a symptom that seems totally different, you know, than what is actually causing it. Mm -hmm. So how tough is that to identify the root cause so that you can address that? Um, you know, I don't, I, so the body is always telling us it's always there. Right. And when you, uh, when like for me, I practice this a lot with a lot of different people, a lot of different brains. Um, and I can hear it when they're saying it. And then people are talking about the root cause all the time and they just don't know they are. Um, their body is talking about the root cause all the time, but because it doesn't write a letter and send a memo, like we don't know, the body speaks in sensations. And so it's not saying, hey, remember that memory we had when we we're four? 
um, that's, that's why I can't go do this right now. It doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you try to go do that, you'll have that, you'll have an ache in your stomach or you'll start to have a pain in your side or your shoulders will get tense. That's the body telling you, I can't, this memory, like, I know that there's something to do with this thing you're about to go make us do and this memory back here and I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to just start hollering down here and make the survival system shut you down because I'm not going. Right. And so, um, so if, and, the, and then there's, we can, if you can find the sensation in the body, which it has to clear from the body, if it does not clear from the body, you don't get rid of the symptom. It doesn't matter if you know all the things you need to know. If your body is sending signals of distress, you're not, you're going to have some symptoms of anxiety, depression, traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. And that's why it really matters to just take some time and help this body process this thing. Because once it's finished processing, it's not going to keep repeating the story. And so now it doesn't have that say anymore. Now you can go do the thing. And so I don't know even what you asked me anymore because I just was having such a good time. <laughs> I love it. And so I was saying how easy it is. Okay. Yes. So, to identify the root cause. Yes. To identify the root cause. Um, it is, gosh, it, it's something that can be done in minutes. It's something that can be done in 40 minutes. It's something there. And, and, when I usually get people, I get a complex situation because mm -hmm. I've got, a, there's a disorder. Um, a lot of times I'm, we're unwinding all the disorder features and then out of it, you'll see different root issues show up and then we can start resolving those disorders, um, those symptoms, those root issues. There we go. And um, so, but a lot of times people are just don't have a disorder. They don't have a very complex thing. Those things are very quick to find and resolve. You can do that in an hour or less. Um, so, um, the, one of the things that's difficult is not knowing the strategies, not knowing how to interact with your subconscious mind, your mm -hmm. body. Um, and they're always interacting with us. And I, I work with people and I'm testing how their, what their connection is with these parts of them. They always mm -hmm. have it, uh, at to some level or another. And if they don't, they can develop it more, but they do. So, um, but we don't know what we're hearing, but the other piece of this is, is that it's, it, Regardless, it's always more difficult to find your own root issue because you're inside the jar. Mm -hmm. You're in, it's hard to read the label on the outside mm -hmm. when you're inside the jar. And some of this stuff is so obvious that it's like, it's really helpful to have a second pair of eyes looking at it. Most of the work we can do ourselves, but throughout a lifetime, there's probably going to be some issues where you're just like, I can't find the root. Right. I personally have one right now and I'm good at this, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you're in the jar. And I'm in the jar as much as I like that mm -hmm. or not. And, and, and therapists, we don't get to bypass brain function, mm -hmm. right? We, we, you know, just because you get to be all nosy and know how this thing works does not mean that you don't, you don't have to figure out your own brain and your own nervous system, you know? So, um, I think that, you know, if professionals need a, a hand looking at the, the label, then I think people who don't spend a lifetime trying to figure this out, I think that I wouldn't feel so awful if you did need an, a, another pair mm -hmm. of eyes, you know, so it can be challenging. So when we think about figuring out that root cause and, you know, needing somebody else to help us do that. There are those people out there who think about themselves, you know what, I'm just a total dumpster fire, I'm beyond help, like, I'm just going to have to live with this. Mm -hmm. 
What do we say to those people to help them understand that first off they're worth the time and effort that it will take to get better, but that there are things and interventions that exist that really could help them if they would give it a chance. Yeah. Well, first I want to say, come to me, (laughs) let me work on that. I love a good challenge. Uh, It's like, it's like putting together a thousand, 10,000 piece puzzle. Yes. It comes together. Mm -hmm. It always comes together. And, um, but that's really what I would like to say is that the first thing I would recommend is try an intervention. If it gives you any little bit of movement, even if it's very subtle, and I tell people this all the time, if it's subtle or if it's a big, massive one like I had, where it's like two times and no more insomnia, mm-hmm. that was great. And probably for me, I would have needed that because I don't have any tolerance for like, we're not getting anywhere with this. Right. But um, from the brain's perspective, the big results and the subtle results are both hugely valuable. And so I'd say get an intervention, play with it, give it a couple weeks, use it a lot. If we were working together, we'd be using one of these for two hours a day, a minute here, 30 minutes there, 10 minutes here, and just working with your brain, wherever your brain is having is expressing challenge. And so um, with that being said, can you put in 20 minutes here, you know, and try Mm -hmm. this thing out for a week and see if you notice anything. And I think from there, if you notice anything, you know that um, even if none of your, all your symptoms stay the same, but you're noticing just a couple of small movements, dive in, you know, that there's just, it's your brain is trying to do this work. Your brain wants to do this work. It's actually, these symptoms are actually our brain trying to heal mm-hmm. and it can't. And it's like, and it doesn't, it doesn't know, oh, I've done this 3000 times and mm-hmm. I'm not going to heal yet. It's like, it keeps trying. And so, I mean, I think out of just compassion for that, can we jump in and help it? We obviously do not want to steer people away from you because that's kind of the whole point is you're here to help people, but what can they do kind of like as a little test at home or on their own to see if something will work for them so that then they can come to you and and really dive in? Well, do we have time to trial one out? sure okay let's just play okay i love it it doesn't work great if it works great (laughs) (laughs) um so uh, um i want you to take um full responsibility for your own emotional and mental wellness if you choose to try this out and experiment with yourself so and if you do i want you to go ahead and just think of something stressful not a 10 please let's keep it low happened recently And I want you just to, from that point, when you're thinking about that, what's so stressful about that for you? And identify that piece. And I'm gonna say one more time, what's so stressful about that? And then I want you to just go ahead and look down in your body and around in your body and see where you're, you're, which part of your body is expressing the most distress about this, the most stress. And see if you can find that in there. It might be heaviness, it might be tension, it might be trembling, it might be heavy, I already said that. But okay, so with it, you've got that in your head and you're noting, you're knowing that. I want you to rate on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being maximum distress, zero being no distress at all. And just pull that number up in your mind and 
let's go. So I'm going to have you tap on the side of your hand here. This is the karate chop point. It's, off, it's the meaty part below the pinky finger. Love it. Okay. And so you're just going to tap here a couple of times, but I'm going to have you tap if you're watching a little bit longer because mm -hmm. I'm going to explain it for people that are listening. Um, and then I want you to tap on your eyebrows. I, you're the beginning point of your eyebrows right by your nose. And I just want you to remember that in your body, what's going on there, what you're so stressed about, why it's so stressful to you. And then I want you to tap on the outside of your eyes, like in that corner. And under your eyes. And just mentally peek back over there to that stressor. What's stressing you? And under your nose, tap under your nose. And then tap under your lip. collarbone points these are you know there's these little um on your clavicle bones there's mm -hmm. like the, the ball point and you just come under it about an inch and a little bit out you're not going to get it wrong if you tap in the wrong spot so you're tapping there and then tap under your arms and i want you to think about that stressor and just acknowledge all the stress in there and then there's a spot under your on your ribs, under your nipple, probably like, you know, now that we're getting up there. That's right. We're getting personal. It's fine. <laughs> and then, um, and then imagine you're shaking somebody's hand mm -hmm. and, um, out in front of you and you're tapping on the part of your thumb by your nail that's closest to your head. And then the same by your nail, your first finger and just tap in. These are the beginning and end points of some meridians and, um, your middle finger, the top of that, the top, you know, you're still shaking your hand, somebody's hand. And then you're going to jump down to your pinky finger on the side of your hand. And then there's a point on the back of your hand that's in the divot between your ring finger and your pinky finger. And I just want you to tap in there. And regular EFT has you saying things, but really you just need to be paying attention to it. And I like people to be quieter and tune into themselves unless they're verbal processors, which there are plenty of people who are that, but I find that they're in the minority. Most people, and I want you to tune into your body because that's where all the information is coming from. So it's good practice. Okay. And I want you to think back to that same stressor. Your brain might have opened it up further and said, oh, let me tell you more about it. Cause it's like, oh, you're helping me. What about this? What about this? Um, but if you just look back at that stressor that we were working on, how intense is that for you now? Did it go up? Did it stay the same? Did that number go down? Can I answer this now? Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it definitely went down from an eight to about a four. Great. Excellent. That's it. Um, and that's, that, that's, Brains don't have difficulty with problems. They have difficulty with how we feel about our problems. Like some of that emotion just can't get through. It can't get through the brain's process. And so when any emotion does get through, it, it's, it becomes, it's like the brain converts it into something different, mm -hmm. into this different material that it will use for empowerment, for energy, for information, for knowledge. When, so what we, what we just found is that EFT helps your brain mm -hmm. do some of that work. So it's reducing the stressors. It's not finished. There's more, there's more in there. Right. And that's some of the feedback that we start getting. What else is there? And I bet your brain will say, oh, let me tell you more. 
or mm -hmm. there's still there's still more of this sensation in your body right and that's just that that part of your body just needs to be able to release more of whatever communication that they have until they're finished and sometimes it's very simple as just paying attention to the sensation in your stomach and sometimes we need some more advanced skills you know but that's that's a great way to to learn about this these are in, i give this training in my in my email list you join my email list and i send this training to you and then i'm like ooh two days later why don't you try this mm -hmm. intervention my mm -hmm. favorite trauma processing intervention and you just play around with these things there's so much you can do to heal your own life and then you can get to a point where you're really like okay i'd like some help or if you're kind of somebody a little bit more impatient like myself i'm like what else do i need to do <laughs> what's <laughs> next on the list <laughs> yeah I will give one helpful hint to the audience. If you have a unibrow, uh, then when you're tapping the inside of your eyebrows, you'll want to tap where they should be and where you should go and get them waxed, threaded, or taken care of some other way. So don't tap the middle of your, don't do that. <laughs> tap where they should be. Okay. I want to talk to you about self-care, which has become, you know, the buzzword yeah. and figuring out what we need to do for self-care and, oh, got to take care of myself. And if I'm not doing self-care, then I'm just not good. And some people think they're doing self-care and, and maybe are doing activities, but they're not experiencing a reduction in their symptoms of depression, anxiety, and traumatic stress. Why is that? I think, I think it really comes down to just not having the skill of doing the brain work for resolving these mm -hmm. things. And it's like at the point where you have symptoms, your brain is stuck. And if it would have resolved it, it would have resolved it already. And we know that brains, if there's, they can be stuck a lifetime. And we all know people who have gone to the grave mm -hmm. massively traumatized or with symptoms that really took um, the, like took a lot out of them. It, it really blocked their potential to be more than they were and more of who they are. And so it, this is definitely not something to wait and think, oh, it'll, with time. It could happen with time, but we have so many, we don't need to hope we really can get in there and do the work. And so, um, yeah, I, so I think if you don't know how to do that, that brain work, because now your brain does actually need support to do that. Mm -hmm. And all brains need support, period. And that's how we are wired. And as a matter of fact, if you've got early trauma, childhood trauma, neglect, or um, have had um, events that took place that were um, unprocessable at the time and still haven't been processed, then it's our brain that's our in early childhood that's where we're being wired for processing emotion and so we're learning that from our parents and caregivers and if they were not able to process emotion they're not going to be able to teach us to do that and so then we'll learn how to work through life with a dysregulated nervous system a nervous system that is overstressed and can't resolve its own stress and we'll create lots of hacks and lots of strategies and to do that. And I commend everyone who has found a way to manage that. And I don't think we have any reason to feel bad about ourselves for calming our brain down. Every human needs that. Um, we also know that there's ways of calming the brain down that are, that have some really awful side effects and can really be limiting. And so um, 
so if we've got more of those things, then we just that's a that's a big clue that our our nervous system is going to need more help. It didn't get the support it needed when it needed it, and so now we can get in there and help it. Everything, all the material, for working through emotions and and becoming wired for wellness is in there. We just need to jump in and assemble it. And brains are ready to do that at any time. And so I would say, um, from my perspective, self care would be working with your brain, helping your brain resolve things. If you've got symptoms of anxiety, depression, traumatic stress. After that, I'd say a lot more things, right? Um, now we're looking for growth and expansion and how to work with our, our body's energies and keep ourselves well. You know, those are lots of different awesome answers, but um, that's what I would say. Something that I recently learned that was a bit shocking to me was that the the average or the rough age of disclosure for childhood sexual abuse or assault is 52. So 52 years old is when people finally will disclose that on average, obviously there's, there's outliers there. That was very shocking to me. And I would love to get your thoughts on, is it more difficult to heal from these traumas the longer that we house them in our brains and in our bodies? Or will these interventions kind of work close to the same timeline, no matter whether the trauma was five years ago or 50 years ago? Yeah, um, it works in either case. I'm actually surprised that that's the age as well. I did not uh, yes. hear that stat. Um, I have had older clients disclose stuff to me for the first time. Um, I've had lots of um, ages, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not getting, I'm not out there in the world doing that. Um, but it resolves. And uh, one of the things with the older crowd is that um, when it's resolving, we also have to process the grief for all the time they've lost, right? So it's, there's a lot of emotion moving through their system. There's a lot of relief. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of, wow, now I can do this and this and this. I was mm -hmm. never able to lose again. And then grief. And that stuff has to be processed too, because brains can have a difficult time processing grief. And we don't want that blocked out. I would say the earlier you can get this stuff resolved, the better, because your brain is learning how to um, create all the subconscious programming for this secret, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, it's everything is being shaped and, and uh, conditioned to hold that thing there. And so the more time you're losing on, if you, we just resolve that, then all of a sudden your system is learning how to, how do I live now that this thing isn't here? And I, I understand this and I can move forward and I'm not afraid like I was. So, um, and, and when children are, and teenagers are doing this work, gosh, it's, it's, it's so fast. It's so beautiful. Um, so I've, I've been jealous. <laughs> I have been I have been envious of those little people. It just ha hasn't had time to get as complex. Mm -hmm. You know, and when and and really the thing is that it's that brains have to do the healing work. Time is not the healing feature here. Brains are the healing feature. One of the things that you talk about is that the symptoms of depression, anxiety, traumatic stress can actually be opportunities for us. 
And I know for some people that's going to be hard to hear because they're going to think, wait, so you're telling me that this horrible thing that I'm experiencing is an opportunity for something better? So I would love for you to share a little bit about your mindset on that. Yeah. Um, These symptoms show us exactly where the brain is stuck in its process, what it can't process. It's telling us exactly what it is. And to process something is, takes 10 minutes. Okay. Maybe let's be generous and say 40 minutes. Um, And so if we get in there and help the brain process that thing, all of a sudden the symptom resolves, then the, and, and the healing takes place in there. So it's, and it really is a one and done. Like brains don't go and like, we're not like these, some of the sheep that, you know, rechew their cud. That's a, for humans, that's a sign that the process isn't completing. And so we really shouldn't be seeing that recycling of things. That's, that's our brain telling us it's struggling, um, which would be normal after a recent trauma, right? Mm -hmm. But after 20 years, it should not be still doing this. And so when you, let's say a flashback, if you have one memory flashing back over and over again, that is, that flashback is the exact material that needs to be processed that your brain is saying, "Uh, this, can we process this? Because I've got things to do. Okay. No, we can't. Okay. But now can we now, you know, and it's just constantly bringing it back up and it's, it's, it's coming up because your brain wants to move forward. And, and it's listening to all your goals and your values and, and what you want to be doing. And that's it. Our brain's designed to help us to do that. So of course it's going to. And so, but if the subconscious mind is moving to get us in line with what we want and it bumps into stuff, it can't get past, you're going to hear about it mm-hmm. and it's going to come in the form of flashbacks or in, in your body or, um, these racing thoughts or these old statements that you're, you're worthless. I wish you were dead. I I can't, I am so over that. I don't, I do not know how that is coming out of people's mouths. And I can't tell you how many, how much of that I've had to help people process Uh, from small, small children being told this. And so, but it comes back and it echoes through their mind because their tiny brain cannot wrap itself around. It cannot process that, but we can process it now. Is there a length of time that you should wait after a recent traumatic event to do an intervention technique and, and try to work on it? it? Like, can you do it the next day or do you want to give it some time? No, I would recommend in the moment mm-hmm. um, and uh, all the time. Um, because in a recent traumatic event, there's so much emotion moving. There's so much that needs to shift and happen. Your brain has to make a new way of being because now this thing just took place. Mm-hmm. And so the more emotion it can get through, the easier time it's going to have doing this stuff and the less nights, sleepless nights you're going to have, the less panic attacks, all this emotional distress that you're seeing. Um, but all that stuff is kind of also normal to a recent trauma. So it doesn't mean you're mentally ill. It means that your brain is struggling to do this. And, um, and so when, when I have clients in that space or I myself am in that space, uh, it's just use an intervention. You really don't need any great skill. It's just, I call it stop, drop and tap mm-hmm. your eyes or, you know, whatever we're doing here. Um, and, and so, and then some, and then, uh, and then things grow. I mean, things keep moving. And then there's usually a time where you can come back and address things the, so, but in a trauma, it's really about survival there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. It's just that we want to shift out of that afterwards and move into thrive. 
And so, and for, I want to say this, that for some of these past traumas that have happened that are awful, mm-hmm. because we're working with the brain to heal, we don't have to talk about the traumas to heal. Nobody has to rehash the event. I can't tell you how many um, abuse, horrific things I have helped people process, and I don't know one detail about the situation. As a matter, I've stopped people from talking about it at some times. There's some people that need to and want to mm-hmm. talk about it, but the majority of people don't. And after it's processed and all the pain is out and they mm-hmm. want to talk about it, which then they usually do, then they can talk about it, tell whoever they want to, you know, um, but, but we don't have to, it doesn't have to be painful to heal. And as a matter of fact, pain shuts the healing process down. So we really want this to be as painless as possible while we're doing this healing work. And there's a lot of st- tools and strategies to make that happen. And I can certainly vouch for that in EMDR because while I would start the process in a particular scene that was an uncomfortable or a a bad place, you don't necessarily have to share that scene and then you let your brain go to entirely different places. So it is scary and it is hard work, but I would say it's so incredibly worth it. And that's what I want to ask you about. I know we can't talk about specific clients or people, but what are some of the most amazing transformations that you've seen with people in doing this new intervention technique that they've struggled for so long and now they finally turned a corner? Yeah. Oh gosh. I recently had someone who had a 15 year bout of insomnia, like two to three hours, and then he'd have a crash day. Um, we resolved that in a week. It was, that was crazy. Um, I thought we were, and the amount of trauma this person had, I was like, we won't be here for a while, but no, <laughs> no, we're not <laughs> They They were just ready to go. Um, and with not even a, they didn't even have a past history of talk therapy, which sometimes can really help people organize things. And then they mm-hmm. like really move. This mm-hmm. one just moved. Um, I had a client who had a lot of childhood, um, relational pain and relational trauma um, with her parents. We resolved that and they lost 120 pounds in a year with no dieting, no exercise. I wouldn't let them diet or exercise because it would, it would trigger and mm-hmm. bring more stuff back. So I'm like, don't do it. But they lost 120 pounds. Um, and it, it was, and I, I was like, that was trauma weight. That mm-hmm. wasn't even like, that wasn't even the food you were eating. That was just emotional pain um, that they lost, uh, there, I, I had a client who was trafficked at a young age and, um, they couldn't close their eyes and imagine anything because of an intrusive thought and they would, they would flinch. And so I was like, don't close your eyes. We're mm-hmm. not doing that. Sorry. And so, but like now they can, they can close their eyes. They can be alone. They can, they're healing. Um, gosh, people who couldn't hug their, their intimate partners, uh, people who couldn't have sex anymore. I, there's a baby mm-hmm. <laughs> like from our program. Uh, uh, and, um, gosh, people not yelling at their kids anymore. People, um, one who really couldn't, um, be around them without being constantly triggered all day long. Turned out it was childhood abuse. It wasn't the child at all. They thought mm-hmm. it was the child. Uh, and, um, and so, which is really healing that, that baby and, um, and so many relationships healed parents really have, you know, anxiety, depression, traumatic stress makes you not available to Mm -hmm. your family. 
because it is a it's it it you're you're working from the survival system and that part doesn't care about anybody else no matter if we do mm-hmm. that part only cares about us and our survival and then the internal storm that can take place there's a lot of wounding that can happen in relationships and gosh they just come out of this stuff heal and then go in for their 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 relationships and do the healing there and their children are thriving so it's just it's not this work is not just limited to us it's i i have a client who couldn't um uh, she couldn't work her business and she just, no matter what she did, she just felt too busy, too guilty charging for her services. And, um, when she was finished, she didn't have her anxiety, depression anymore. And her business, I, a year later, she'd made enough to retire her husband from his job. And so it's just really wonderful to see what these, we, us powerful people can do mm-hmm. without, with, with, with healthy brain function. Right. If we've got anxiety, depression, traumatic stress, our brain isn't even functioning the same way that the rest of the world's brain is functioning. And it's like, give us a healthy brain and see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, let's talk about getting that healthy brain a little bit. So what are some things people can do to lead themselves to more fulfillment in life and in relationships? I think that um, that's a, it's, I'm going to start with the anxiety place because that's really my my place is is really the inner healing. Mm-hmm. Um, if your if your nervous system is is a mess, we'll just keep it simple, um, and is distressed, that's your survival system is is up. You're not in a learning, connecting, creative place anywhere. You can't. You're not able to access those parts of the brain fully. So really, the more we can stay out of that survival state, um, the the more we can connect, the more we can create, the more we can solve our problems, the more we can thrive. That the, the survival system doesn't know how to thrive; it only really knows how to survive. That's it's a specialist to that. Um, that's wonderful when it's accurate, but when you're spending all your time over there because it's decided that the whole world and all mm. the things are not safe, it leaves you with a very small room to function, and so. I would say just to make our relationships better, whether you have an anxiety, depression, or trauma disorder or not, is is work on your nervous system, work on it, work on the distress that you're you're feeling, work on your stress levels. Um, we if stress is good for brains. We use brains use that for growth and and expansion. But once the stress levels get too high, that's when we're getting re-traumatized, burnt out, those sorts of things. These interventions can really help us help our brains resolve trauma, resolve the stress so that, mm-hmm. that we can bring that stress level into a manageable, healthy place for us. So, And, and that includes in our relationships, in our businesses, in our goals, our hobbies, our, our passions, our place of creation. Our nervous system is going with us everywhere. You know, and sometimes it freaks out about things. Me too. I freak out about things too. (laughs) So when you are speaking to maybe a spouse, a significant other, a child who doesn't have depression, anxiety, traumatic stress. So it's, it's hard for them to understand what that other person is going through. You know, and we often hear as a joke, you know, with depression, like, well, just be happy, like, just, 
turn that frown upside down. And we know that's a load of bullshit. So what can we do with those support people to kind of help them better understand the healing process? I, gosh, I think that there, I think having some expectation that they educate themselves. You know, if I rolled up with some diabetes, please know what I need. Mm -hmm. You know, please take some time to educate yourself. You know, and I think we can hold some of that expectation there. This is not just because you can't see this doesn't mean it's not happening. As a matter of fact, we could we could hook people up to some fMRIs and we could see the depression mm-hmm. playing out and how their brain is using electricity. And so it's it's I I'm right now <laughs> holding zero patience for ignorance with this. And so um I don't know that I have a very good explanation for that, but I think we can expect people to, to learn some things and we can be empathetic. I I understand that you don't understand what I'm going through. I understand that, you know, that this looks like I'm just laying here. This looks like, you know, that, that depression function is a survival strategy Mm -hmm. that the brain uses when too much pain is moving through the system. That means that depressed people are in incredible amounts of pain and suffering that they don't even have words for. And that is even at a, such an unconscious and nervous system level. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to just turn that frown upside down. I'm sorry. My nervous system is in charge of this and it's not, it's not doing it the other way. And when we get in the survival system, that's not the part of the brain where you get choices. It's not a choice center. So you lose, once, once you go over there, you don't get a choice. That's why it's so important to be able to work with that part of the brain to come back. And I think that um, I, what I would say is that we're all working to educate people. I mean, mm-hmm. you are not alone in like trying to educate people who don't understand. Um, I think with children, it can be really tricky because you don't want them to feel like they need to fix you. But mm-hmm. it's really wonderful to be able to talk with them about what this is and how and it's wonderful when you're healing because then you can talk about it from I'm growing and this it's okay that I have this right now. This is a sign my brain needs to heal and I'm working on it and there's things I can do. This is wonderful. Our kids don't need us to be perfect. They need us to be seeing us resolve problems that can be resolved. And so this is one of those and that's really a powerful gift we can give them is the solution to this. And so, and we can bring it home, mm-hmm. some things out, bring some healing in. So I would say that that's, I think that's my final answer. (laughs) I love it. I think that's a great final answer. We have talked about some, some tough things today. We're going to take a quick turn before I let you go. We are going to talk about tattoos. I do want to point out that it is August and I have on a long sleeve shirt because it is super chilly willy here in Breckenridge. So you can't see my tattoos, but those of you who know me, know I have them and love them. Rachel, I know that you do not have a tattoo or tattoos. I don't know why you don't, but what we're going to do is eliminate all the traditional barriers. Okay. So it's going to be free and it's not going to hurt and you can snap your fingers and you can make it disappear. It's not going to hurt. So that, I think we just figured out what your, what your barrier is. Okay. So it's not going to hurt. What would you get and why? Gosh. I was, 
I, I think that I would get something over the back right hip that had something to do with infinity. And I don't know why that's coming up for me right now, but that is what I would get. I'm very interested too, because like that was very specific know, right? on location <laughs> and yes. And, and why I don't have a tattoo is because I, I did not get the decorating gene mm -hmm. and um, I, I, I kind of missed the window when girls were trying on outfits because I was uh, very much a jock. And mm -hmm. um, so I, it's so permanent. Yes. Yes. And what if I get it wrong, right? <laughs> I could do some tapping about this. Watch, watch me tap and get a tattoo. And then I'm coming for you. <laughs> yes. Let me know. And, and please share with me the root cause of what, of what this is really about. Right. Rachel, where can people find you? So if they want to jump in with you and heal that anxiety, depression, traumatic stress, if they want to accompany you to your first tattoo, <laughs> or if they want you to help them decide where their unibrow should end on each side, uh -huh, uh -huh. where can they find you? I'm on my website is the spot. Uh, it's rachelmcleod.com. And my name is spelled like Rochelle. So you got to put all the L's and all the E's in. And uh, the McLeod is like a cloud. So not one of those McLeod's. <laughs> um, it's Rachel McLeod and, um, .com. And there you can, um, get on my email list. You can watch a webinar I've put together. You can watch some videos, um, some podcasts, um, follow me. There's a, um, I have tons of videos on YouTube. I have, I'm talking about this, um, nonstop. And, um, I'm on Facebook. I have a face free Facebook group, uh, releasing the baggage of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress where I give some free um, and cool intervention trainings and there's recordings in there of things I've already done. And so where people can just play with interventions and uh, get to the point where they want to start being strategic and, um, and uh, yeah, strategic about their use. I love how you mentioned free and cool. Like it's not just free, it's also super cool. So thank you for that. Rachel, you have been absolutely amazing. I truly appreciate your time today and all the information that you have given to the audience. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Rachel as much as I did. I truly appreciate her explaining why it's so important for us to work through trauma, depression, and anxiety symptoms in our brains and not just in our bodies. I also love the walkthrough she gave us of a tapping technique that you can use today. So remember, until next week, you are strong enough and you are worth it. Thank you for listening to the Strong Enough Podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform by searching Strong Enough. And on YouTube, we're on the Spear Talk channel. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Strong Enough Pod. If you have suggestions for an upcoming episode or a future guest, please reach out at strongenoughpod at gmail.com. Remember, you are worth it.